Welcome to the Sociology Talk podcast. On this episode, we'll be speaking to Tika Shoulders, a social work supervisor for the Health Homes Program at Wesley Health Center. I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome to a new episode. So here we have Tika Shoulders. She's gonna, she is the social work supervisor for the Health Homes Program at Wesley Health Center. Um, she ha- is an alumna from California State University, Bakersfield, Anlo Valley, our satellite campus. Uh, so she was a student of mine. Um, and I'm so glad to have her here uh, to talk about her experiences. So we're really going to dig into um, a little bit about, you know, your educational history and then your experiences and then what you actually do today. And so the first question I have for you is how did it start? So what what made you get into sociology? What drew you to that, that major? Well, initially I wanted to major in psychology. You know, I wanted to study about the mind and social behaviors, the cognitive process of individuals. So um, CSUB was not doing uh, psychology as a major. So I ended up minoring in psychology. Right. Um, yeah. I decided that psychology was a good fit. Um, because it helped you understand social life, social change, and the causes and consequences of social behavior relating mm-hmm. to organizations, groups, um, and how people on, interact within those different contexts. Right. Yeah. So the so when you say CCB doesn't have the psychology program, the satellite campus, right? So AB, right. they don't have the right. psychology program. We do have one faculty member on campus. Um, she does teach some classes, but not enough to be a major. To so you can to be a major. Right. Yeah, you can minor in it, which did you yeah. minor in it? Yes, I did. Okay. So yeah, you were able to get some of that. So you were yeah. more into uh, behavior, right? Right. So you um, you were drew, you what drew you in was the social sciences and the social behaviors um, because you felt like they were maybe related or? more so yes related I wanted to understand why people do things that they do um why for instance like I'm very into substance abuse in the substance abuse program Mm. um I wanted to figure out what made individuals you like turn to drugs or um why was it so hard to stop using drugs and stuff Mm. like that Mm -hmm. yeah Okay. So how the mind works. I, I wanted to really understand how the mind works. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it sounds like you were, uh, you know, you have a firm grasp of social psychology now, right? Just having that experience and that exposure to sociology and psychology. Right. And, uh, you know, how the mind can influence, uh, you know, your behavior and how also group settings and society can influence an individual's behavior as well. So right. back and forth right. relationship. Yeah. So right. Seems very important. Out. Yeah, right. that's awesome. And so it worked out for me too because I really liked having you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I you know when I was teaching classes, you know, you'd ask class questions, and I'd be like, had to think about it. Like, yeah, that's a really good question. <laughs> so it really right, challenged right. my, you know, my teaching. But I think it made me better. You know, so. Uh, oh, you were a great professor. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you were a very strong student. Um, <laughs> And so I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit. So you were, you know, you did very well, of course, in the sociology program. Uh, You graduated with high marks, um, you know, um, high GPA. And so what what made you do decide to go into a master's in social work program? 
Um, for me, it was more so giving back to society. Um, I am in recovery. I've been in recovery for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be able to give back and help someone else. Because when I finally got help with my addiction, it was a social worker that did it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So giving back. So you were, you know, you were struggling with something and um, the person that really helped you out of that was, uh, did they inspire you or you admire them or? Yeah, they, they, their story. So mm-hmm. Um, when you start counseling or uh, substance abuse counseling classes or whatever, um, the lady that really got to me, she told my story Mm. and she was able to, um, she was living like a a good life, Mm. you know? So she made me realize that change was possible Mm -hmm. and I wanted to do whatever she did to help people like myself. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a really good way to so you were really just inspired to um, know knowing that you're not stuck, you can this is not right. permanent, you know, it's temporary. Right. And it, right. You, can, you can it can change, you know, your situation. So right. that's really awesome. Yeah. Um, and so with, you know, now that you're in the you, you know, you were accepted to the MSW program. Um, and you started with, you know, a cohort. I think you had really close friends that were with you. Um, yeah, my best friend. Yeah, yeah that's it. And that makes it, uh, you know, all the better too, right? Having right. to experience this together. And so right. what did uh, you notice, um, which was different from undergraduate, your undergraduate experience? So how was graduate school different than undergraduate, than an undergraduate program? Can you help right. me understand that? Um, you have a massive <laughs> uh, caseload of work to do, um, mm-hmm. not just in one class, but in, I think it was five, I can't remember, it was five or six classes. So each class had work on top of work, on top of papers, on top of uh, presentations, on top of, oh my God, I, I think my first, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 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 really suffered from anxiety the first semester in the master's program it Mm -hmm. was lots of work and then you had exams on top of having to turn into turn in papers on top of and they wasn't just three-page papers Mm -hmm. this was papers like 12 pages I've turned in the biggest paper I think I turned in was 30 five pages wow mm-hmm. yeah so yeah yeah and so for an undergraduate student that says oh man 10 pages that's that's crazy so right. you were wishing for that right <laughs> oh my goodness yes I was <laughs> yeah if you have five pages you know um, right I've had some students just say hey you're asking a lot and I'm just like you know it's it's, just it's different if you have more than one class and you have like three papers due yeah. all in the same week. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. tough. Yeah. And I know that um, the program does internship hours. So do you right. remember how many hours you had to do? Ooh, I think it was 
320 is either 300 or 320 or something like that it was quite a bit of intern hours but interning was really nice yeah really okay. nice and so what uh, do you remember what your internship looked like or um i well i'm at the same place i interned at okay mm -hmm. so although we were antelope valley community clinic mm -hmm. which end up being uh, Wesley's Health Center bought in Love Valley Community Clinic, I believe in 2019. So, um, but I'm at the same place. Awesome. I'm in a different, I'm in a different department, but I'm at the same place. <laughs> yeah, did you move up? Is that what happened? Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, so do you think that the internship really helped you um, land that job? I believe it did. And I believe my past had a lot to do with it. So when I started interning, um, I started interning in medical social work. Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot about medical social work and um, in, in helping with the medical social work, they noticed that I knew, had a lot of knowledge about substance abuse, Okay, how to deal with substance abuse yeah. patients. Mm -hmm. So um, the head of the company asked me, I think I was, I did internship, internship started in August, by that January, they offered me a job. Wow. And then I ended up starting that May in mm -hmm. 19, yeah. Yeah. So, and I started in pain management and substance abuse. So I ran that program for a while as a case manager. Okay. All right. And so that's, uh, it seems like that's what you're passionate about, as you mentioned, you know, that's the, one of the reasons that you started and why you're right. in, in social work. Can you walk me through um, a day of what it looks like to be in your shoes? Like, what are your responsibilities on the job? Uh, I mean, I guess, what did you, what do you do? And then what are your responsibilities? Okay. Well, uh, currently I'm a social worker supervisor at Wesley's Health Center. Um, I supervise eight individuals and I run three clinics out here in the AB. So Wesley's Health Center, we have either 16 or 17 clinics. So three up here in the AB and the rest of them are down there in LA. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I have um, eight people under me. Um, let me see. So Health Homes is a program that's Medi-Cal eligibility and we help people. We're like a liaison between the patients and the providers. We help walk them through their all their medical needs. Um, people you need complex medical and chronic conditions to be eligible for the program. So mm -hmm. we do, I have like a, I have, I run a transportation program. I have the transportation program. We provide um, support for the patient and their families if needed. Um, community um, services, including housing, we help with that. Um, just comprehensive case management. Mm -hmm. That's what my program um does for the individual. So, so for me, myself, I oversee the staff. Mm -hmm. um, I help the program manager with all type of uh, department implementations. I monitor all my case managers um, and make sure they meet the health plan expectations. So we deal with LA Care, Anthem Blue Cross, and HealthNet. So those are the three health plans that we primarily deal with. Mm -hmm. um, I make sure the billable encounters are correct. I make sure all the patients are addressing their HEDIS measures, which are their routine appointments like complete physicals, um, colonoscopies, mm -hmm. pap mammograms, stuff like that. I help with um, 
treatment plans and health act. We call them health action plans, but I, I ended up having to create a 27 page um, template on how to do action or how to do treatment plans. So, you know, you have to do the, the objective, the goal, the objective and the intervention. So, so my, to make it easier on my case managers, I created a 27 page wow. Uh, mm-hmm. paperwork so they could that's they go to depending yeah. on what what the um the need was so if they need help managing their diabetes from diabetes all the way to mental health so mm-hmm. let's say they got schizophrenia or something like that mm-hmm. so I created a template for them to it for them easier to go through let me see I also uh, monitor all the new hiring uh in the AV I do the training and do the orientation. I resolve any type of related member issues. I do crisis intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see what else. I do a lot. Yeah, it seems like you wear a lot of <laughs> I hats. Lot. I also, I'm, I'm also in charge of the homeless program. Okay. So we have a homeless program. So we have a clothing closet, hygiene, um, food, and I, I, I'm in charge of all that as well. Okay. Yeah. And it oh, seems I, like, yeah, I think, it seems, I'm sorry, go ahead. I say I do quite a lot. Yeah, it does seem like it, you know, and um, it seems like uh, you're able to see the support that you give to the community, which I guess maybe it seems pretty rewarding, right? And so, it is. It yeah. Is. So it, what it do you, cool. what would be some of the challenges, I guess, of your, of your job? So with me being supervisor, the only challenge that I really have, um, I'm going to give you the challenges of being case manager and supervisor, because I was a case manager first. Okay. So I, I say, um, okay, so let's start with the supervisor. So I run reports every morning and depending on the maximum, the minimum of mistakes that my case managers make, because all of that is billable and everything got to be on point. hmm for it to be built. So the maximum mistakes is a challenge. So it's a lot to go in there and, and correct, um, correct, because uh, l- let's say a case manager might have 16 contacts in a day. And then I have eight case managers times 16. Mm-hmm. That's just for a day. That's not talking about the week. So I got to go in each of mm-hmm. their things. I got to monitor their charting. I got to monitor their mistakes. That's my challenge, doing okay. all that. When it's minimum mistakes, that's a reward for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're that's a reward for me. Money. That makes me know that I'm doing my job. Okay. Cool. So I do all the training and the supervising. So that makes me be like, okay, they got it. Right. Okay, they got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of steps. It's so many little steps that you could, it's easy to forget a step. So mm-hmm. I have to monitor all that. So as a case manager, um, I believe working with the homeless is a challenge. So we have homeless that um, have substance use disorders. Mm-hmm. And um, they have a lot of shelters that you got to be abstinence in order to go into the, rest- into the shelter. Or finding some, some type of program that does reduction, um, harm reduction. Mm-hmm. Although we have a substance program there, which is awesome. So we do do harm reduction, but if we don't have no space, we have to refer out. 
Um, medication mm-hmm. management and compliancy for homeless individuals is is very difficult, especially when they have mental health diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And just the, the whole thing of the, the lack of resources for housing and the length of time that it takes for a patient to even get into housing, it could take up to two years. So that part hurts. And mm-hmm. when it's too, too cold outside, I think about my patients. When mm-hmm. it's hot outside, I think about my patients. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that, that part is the reward for that is getting them the help they need, connecting them to the resource because we're a referral source for the homeless. We don't actually have the vouchers in the program to get them into the housing. Mm-hmm. We refer them to places like um, LA Family Housing or the People's Concern where LaVonda works at. We refer them to those type of places which have the housing programs to get them yeah. in. But the, but the wait list is just horrible. Mm-hmm. But when we can do that and get them the resource, resources that they need as far as substance abuse or housing is, is so rewarding. I have two patients that I just got housed and it's just like Musa, you know, mm-hmm. I did something, I did good. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the, that's the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like that could be really tough, you know, and, um, and really weigh heavily on you knowing that right. you're not able to help immediately. Right. That right. it's like, there's a lot, there's maybe more steps that have to, or that are involved before right. the individuals that you serve can get the help that they need. Right. So I can imagine how that could be, right. um, you know, very it's, stressful or, um, yeah, really, really weighed down on you. So, right. Like we have one very good resource, but it's just a 14 day program. Like we can get them off the streets mm-hmm. and it take about four hours. We, we get them to a, a, a shelter or it's through DPSS. They have a, a, a program. It's a 14 day voucher program, but it's only 14 days. Mm. So within that 14 days, we're scrambling to find out which one of the programs out here got an opening or mm-hmm. who could who could help them to the next level. Right. Because we just refer and put them in something called the HMIS system, which is called Clarity and engage their homelessness and then other organizations go in there and grab them out of there, which is, is, is still is it's a weight gain. Mm-hmm. It's a weight gain. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of. Um... Is there a lot like a paperwork or what, what is the delay? Ooh, yes. It's, yeah. it's, I think, you know what? Um, we get a lot of money in the Antelope Valley or LA County for homelessness and programs. Mm-hmm. I just don't know why they don't have enough places. Like they're, I think they're working on building other places and where I say Labanda work at the people's concern. They, yeah. ha- they just, they have a brand new complex. Mm-hmm. But they get filled so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Lebanda being your your friend, yeah. right? That right. Yeah. The, the homeless population out here is through the roof. It's 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 really massive. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I experience it. You know, for those of you that listen to the podcast, aren't familiar with Antelope Valley, there is a huge uh, homeless population there, and right. yeah, and just trying to find the resources available to them can probably be challenging, right? It is. Yeah. Very much so. And when you see kids and Mm -hmm. pregnant women and 
And it's just, and then on top of the homeless, it, them being homeless, they got some type of uh, dual diagnosis with mental health and substance abuse. It's just, that's like, it's, it's, it's very hard. Yeah. Very hard. Mm-hmm, for sure. And so did you, um, uh, I guess, what, what were some of the things that sociology maybe helped you with um, when it comes to your current job? Um, that brings me back to the first question, like Mm -hmm. understanding social life, social change, why we do what we do, why our, um, environment have a lot to do with what we do, um, in society Mm -hmm. with organizations. And it, it just, it brought a lot of things into perspective, the -hmm. sociology program, me, um, learning all those things that I just mentioned. So it, it helps a lot. It helps yeah. a lot. Yeah, I think that's the the most common answer I, you know I hear from individuals is that you know you don't see somebody as just an individual. You look at their environment, their social location, and how uh, there's certain social factors that influence their situation, right. their behavior, um, right. actions, and so um, right. that's yeah, that's really you know that's really interesting. And so you feel like that sociology and the foundation of it, being able to understand that really helped you in your current occupation. Right, for instance, we have like a patient, he has a substance use disorder. Um, We have a a harm reduction drug called Vivitrol or or a treatment plan called Vivitrol. Mm -hmm. Vivitrol is a shot. So Vivitrol works with um, alcohol and opioids. Mm -hmm. So let's say I got my Vivitrol shot and I decide to take a drink. I'm not going to feel none of the effects of the drink. So I'm just going to be drinking or doing whatever I'm doing just to be doing it because out of habit. So he drinks and he drinks because he's bored Mm. out of boredom. So what we did with him is we uh, created a different treatment plan for him. Um, We have him coming in every week for counseling sessions with the um, substance abuse counselor, um, have him doing resume building, Mm. um, just different things to have him do something else with himself besides sitting in the house. Yeah, keep him occupied. Keep him occupied. Yeah, Yeah. okay, yeah. So you were understanding like what's the, what's happening here? What's happening in your environment that's causing you to do something over right. looking at the root cause of things the root cause his yeah. triggers what what trigger what what triggers what do you do during the day that make you want to drink what are you doing every time you pick up that drink what are you doing yeah okay now let's do something else yeah i'm sure there's like some maybe some psychological elements too that you probably um are aware of as well too right oh so, yeah so what I guess I don't, I don't think I, uh, include this and I don't think I sent this to you, but, uh, what would, what would be something that sociology didn't help you with that you kind of just had to figure out, uh, you're like, Hey, school never prepared me for this. What the heck? (laughs) And you just had to, you know, just figure it out or, um, learn something new. Um, With patients, I think sociology did a very good job with teaching me how to deal with individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it didn't teach me how to uh, work these different programs that we have to work. So we work on something called next gen. It was so difficult <laughs> <laughs> to learn how to navigate that system. So okay. stuff like that. Yeah. That's the, that's the only thing I think um, sociology did not help me with. I had to learn how to navigate different um, systems that we work in in order to create our treatment plans or stuff like that. So otherwise, okay. dealing with the patients, it worked. It okay. helped. Yeah. So yeah, so it's just the the tools that your organization or your company uses right um, was something that I guess school didn't prepare you for right, right and right. probably because you know in a sociology program we can only do so much right <laughs> you <can't laughs> do everything right, uh, right. otherwise it'd be, it would be a really really long time until you graduated <laughs> but, but I but I, I learned a lot I did I learned a lot in um, sociology and social work kind of come together okay you know because it, it it teaches you um understanding social same thing understanding social life social change it just teaches you and that's the same thing I do as being a social worker right or even doing my crisis intervention when I have to do crisis intervention for patients yeah Mm -hmm. and so what um for somebody that's trying to uh you know pursue a master's in in social work or maybe even follow the same path as you um Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for them? Something that, uh, I guess one piece of advice you would share with them, that would be very- Never give up, never ever give up. Mm -hmm. Um, You can get overwhelmed. Um, Your anxiety levels can be off the roof. Just know that it's doable. Mm -hmm. I'm 54 years old. So I was in my fifties when I did this. Mm -hmm. So um, it's very doable. Just, just keep working hard and, and, and putting your best foot forward and you'll get there. Right. You'll yeah. There. And so they would, it was a two-year program. Is that what yes. it mm-hmm. The social work program. Yeah. Right. So I've, you know, I've talked to, you know, many students that come from sociology and go into social work and I say, hey, how's it going? And they're like, I don't have a life. <laughs> That's a, you know, uh, <laughs> it's the two years, you know, you're just really invested in that and I think that- uh, Oh, you have to be. I told my husband, I'll see you in two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's for sure. You know, it's because right. um, it's trying to, it's trying to uh, build you to become this professional, right? You're going to be an expert in your field, a professional. And so, right. you know, you, you, you have to invest a lot of time into that. And so that's something that, you know, students often, they get scared because they're like, oh, that's a lot of work. And, but when you're in it, it's, you know, if you're passionate about it, like you, you, you had a goal, you had a vision. Right, and I think right. that when you hold on to that, it right. really helps you push through that. You and, know what else helped? A buddy system. Yeah. Me and LaVonda, which is my best friend. Yeah. We went through the, uh, our bachelor's program together and then our master's program together. Mm-hmm. So when I felt like I couldn't, I can't take it no more, she would yes you can we could do this when she felt the same way I'd be like no we got to do this we could do this Mm -hmm. so having a buddy system having somebody to um uh study with a study buddy it all helps it helps yeah you were definitely two peas in a pod (laughs) for sure and (laughs) yeah I think it's so helpful to just have that support right right um just knowing and really really confirming that 
you're, you can do this, you know, really just pushing you and right. you're doing it together, you know, so it's, you don't feel alone. And right. so, yeah, that, that was helpful for me too. And as I mentioned in previous episodes, podcasts is that that mm-hmm. cohort was really what kept me going. And I right. think without it, I don't think I would have finished. Right. So just forming those friendships um, right, right. can really be helpful. You get in study groups, you get in habits, right. um, you can exchange ideas, information. Right. So that can be very helpful too. And, you know, just, just, there's going to be days when you feel defeated and just being able to turn to somebody and being like, just knowing that they're going through it as well is. Right. The whole, trust me, the whole cohort, cohort was going through this same thing. Right. We were, we were all, and, and it was a big help to have not just me and my best friend, but the whole cohort helping each other out when needed. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you have some people that's uh, better in some areas than others. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like, I, I corrected many of people's papers mm-hmm. before they handed it in before, you know, cause that, that's my strong court. Yeah. <laughs> so did I did that in, in Lavanda was, Lavanda <laughs> was good at her part and this mm-hmm. person was good at their part. So we all helped each other to, um, to get that degree. It was, it was awesome. It was, and we're, I'm still working though. I'm I'm getting internship hours now, not internship hours, but supervision hours mm-hmm. to get my LCSW. Right on. Right. So this week I've been on vacation and I took all my CEUs, my continual education, in mm-hmm. order to take my LCSW probably at the yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah, cool. So can you kind of explain briefly what LCSW is for people listening in? Oh, LCSW is a licensed clinical social worker. So, mm-hmm. so right now I have my ACSW, which is an associate clinical social worker. The licensed uh, social worker um, do more of the therapy than I do. Like right now I, I could do crisis interventions and I do brief therapy. But when I become an LCSW and you work with people with behavioral health issues like uh, depression, anxiety, um, PTSD, and you do sessions with them. So mm-hmm. the sessions can be monthly, bi-weekly, um, even weekly, and uh, 30 minutes to an hour sessions with them to help them understand and um, be able to uh, obtain coping skills to deal with whatever they're diagnosed with. Okay. So I'm almost there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. does somebody like um, watch you or how does that, how do you, how do they know that? Um, so getting, next up. getting supervision hours, I have to, um, I have a LCSW that is at my clinic mm-hmm. and I go have an hour of supervision with her every mm-hmm. week, Friday. And there's like, um, I believe it's four LCSWs mm-hmm. at our clinic and we do group supervision, mm-hmm. either bi-weekly, sometime once a week and then sometime every other week. So I have group supervision with the LCSW, with the licensed um, yeah. ladies. And I learn a lot from them. And yeah. um, I learn how, and in having supervision with them, I learn how to diagnose individuals, what it takes to diagnose them, the uh, co-occurring disorders, the um, what the different elements that you need to make this the diagnosis and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty nice. I, I like it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're almost there and yeah, you're, you're going to be there sooner 
and later. And so right. I'm just, it's so awesome to see you come this far. You know, I remember the first time you came into my class and um, yeah, you know, it, and just to see you now, it's so awesome. And I wish you the best. And I really, you really so appreciate you coming and talking to us on this podcast. And uh, Oh, you're so welcome. I thank you for having me. And uh, you were one of the my favorite professors and one of the best professors that I had. So you taught me a lot. And I want to thank you for that. Thanks. Yeah. Can you let everybody know I didn't pay you to say that? No, you need to say that. All right. You take care. Thank you. You too. Thank you, Professor Sanchez. Thank you for listening to the Sociology Talk podcast. Make sure to check out other episodes for more stories about the lives of sociologists.